Hello ELDR5323, this is Dr. Jerry Burkett coming at you with another podcast lecture and this time I want to talk to you a little bit about student discipline. As you're training and learning and earning your master's degree to become an administrator, one of the things that no one told me when I started my master's program is that student discipline would be the bulk of the work that I do. Uh, especially when you become an assistant principal. And, and in e even then, when you become a principal, it's going to be part of the work that you do. The reality is, is that you end up doing a lot of student discipline because it falls under the purview of an administrator to keep a safe and orderly con environment. Part of that is student safety, and student discipline falls under that student safety. Problem is, nobody told me that when I started the job, and I gotta tell you, I hated student discipline. I could not stand it. It was one of the, the chores of the job of an administrator that I just did not like and did not want to do. I think a lot of that stems from the fact that I was probably not a great kid growing up anyway. Um, I was one of those kids that challenged teachers and sort of pushed them to the brink whenever I had an opportunity. I was one of those students that questioned when maybe I shouldn't have questioned. Teachers didn't always like that. But uh, so I always had an, a, a deep understanding and a heart for some of the kids that came through my office. Uh, the ones that uh, you know had some some issues or some problems here and there or uh, some general behavior issues. Uh, I always kind of had a heart for those kids. Uh, I always kind of felt like I knew where they were coming from or, or uh, why they were acting the way that they were. And another reason why I didn't always like doing discipline was because, frankly, some of their teachers were just boring, and I knew that. Students act up when they're not engaged, and that, that is the plain and simple truth of it, and the research backs that up. So what I wanted to do for this lecture here is I wanted to make sure that, that you find a way to embrace doing the job of student discipline and, you know, and make sure that if you're going to do it, that you have some sort of methodology about it. I'm not going to say that you enjoy doing student discipline, but I you know, do think that you can make it more palpable or at least find a, uh, a system that works for you when it comes to students that come into your office and, and need to be dealt with uh, per the code of conduct. And so let's start with that. You'll see that I've posted some resources about the code of conduct. I've asked you to look up your school district or any other Texas school district's code of conduct. And it's a document that you're going to want to review. It's a document you're going to want to have handy. Um, what I did, and I recommend this that you do the same, is you print a copy of that code of conduct. Have it close by so that when a student is sent to your office for a referral, that to make sure that the referral it fits the definition of the code of conduct. Most of the time it's going to. The code of conduct language is actually quite vague and it's got enough language in there to sort of support any reason why a student would come through your office. So it's pretty easy to make any of the allegation against the child stick. But that being said, you know, you might want to make sure that you review it to understand what a student can get in trouble for and then how the consequences are applied. So have a student code of conduct handy. Make sure that you print it out, understand and know the language inside of it, um, and then know how it applies to the student.
The second thing I would say to you about student discipline is, and this is something you need to tell your teachers, and if you yourself are a teacher right now, I think something that's important for you to understand is that student discipline actually starts inside the classroom. And it's a collective responsibility that doesn't solely fall to administrators to complete and to conduct. I think there are a lot of teachers that misunderstand that. They often treat their administrators as the individual that's responsible for doing only the discipline for the campus, and that is not true. The administrator is handling discipline because it is a last resort. It is not the first resort. I think a lot of teachers need to understand that. Discipline starts in their classroom. It starts with rules, behaviors, consequences, contacting with parents, routines, etc. Some of the things that are very, very important. And most importantly, building relationships, which is something that some teachers aren't very good at, nor do they want to do. All of that being said, you've got to look for ways and patterns to figure out if you've got frequent flyers coming out of certain classrooms, certain teachers, because they're not handling the business inside the classroom themselves. And I would also point out that, you know, once the teacher sends that child to the office for a referral, it's kind of out of their hands. And it's a way of them telling you that I've done everything that I can do so now I need you to step in and do what you can do. That's the way the referral should be communicated when it comes to the teacher-administrator relationship. So I want to make sure that you make that clear to your teachers too. That's because once they send them to you and you get it and you talk to the kid and you review the code of conduct and you review the referral and let's say you decide just to talk to them or just to sit them down and give them a time out for 10, 15 minutes, whatever you decide to do that's pretty low end, teacher may not agree with it and they may not like it. And then that's when they start throwing around things like, well, they don't feel supported. So you have to remind them that, hey, you know what? The longer they're out of the classroom, the less time they are engaged in learning. So Discipline, again, is one of those last resort sort of things. The third thing that I would say about student discipline as we talk about and wrap up this topic is parent communication is obviously important. And so while you expect the teacher to do their level of parent communication, you as an administrator will also do your level of parent communication, especially if you start to see the same frequent flyers coming through your office on a regular basis. You're going to start to build a relationship with those parents quite quickly. So let me just kind of put you in the perspective of those parents. It's likely that those parents of kids who are frequent flyers when it comes to discipline, they know their kids have difficulties in school. Uh, they know that uh, they have some challenges. This won't be a surprise to the parent. It won't be a surprise that they get the phone call or the text or however it is you're communicating or email these days. You got to be sure that you have some sort of sympathy or empathy for the parent as, you know, the kid continues to put them in difficult spots when it comes to student discipline. And I would always use sort of the phrase, you know, I'm sorry your son or daughter has put you in this position or let's work together to try to create a, a way to support, you know, your child. Uh, you know, you'll figure out the language that works best for you based upon the relationship you have with the parent. Uh, but they know, they absolutely know that their, their child is a challenge. Um, so getting that phone call from you or that email shouldn't be a surprise. However, you will get from time to time pushback from parents because some parents have blinders on and they believe that their child is, can do no wrong and does no wrong. 
Um, they also have parents that will always believe their child over you or the adult in the room, no matter what the consequence is and no matter how much documentation you have or, or the information that you have. So just know that going into it, that you might have some difficult parents who are going to give you some pushback because their baby can do no wrong. But what I would say to you is, is that if you are consistent, you're fair, and again, you follow that code of conduct, and you use the language inside of the kind of conduct, that's very important here, using that language in order to communicate with parents what the difficulties are, what the challenges are, and what the consequences are, then you're going to be fine. Uh, it's, you know, you never ever challenge a parent what they think they know, and the parents will never challenge you on what you think you know. You stick to the facts, stick to the language and the code of conduct, and communicate that with the parents. It doesn't have to be an argument, and what you say goes. Uh, generally, what happens as an assistant principal is if you issue a consequence for a, a student behavior issue, the only person that that can be appealed to is the principal, and I would bet 100% of the time you're probably going to be backed up by your campus principal given the circumstances. It's very rare that that ever happens anyway, which is why communication with your campus principal is so important. The last thing that I would add when it comes to student discipline is that it's something that you're going to have to practice. The first time that you face with a student consequence or a student referral in your office, you're likely not going to be very good at it the first time. That's a moment where you want to spend some time and build relationships and talk to kids try to figure out what's going on in their world and try to make connections between their behavior and you know what's going on. Is it a teacher issue? Is it a boredom issue? Is it an engagement issue? Is there something larger happening here? You wanna to try to figure out what the root of the problem is so that you don't have these problems in the future. Now, yes, you're gonna get general kid problems, you know, someone pushing and shoving or poking each other with pencils. That's pretty common when it comes to maybe elementary or or middle school if you're going to be doing high school you might get something larger obviously like fights and those are automatic placements of DAEP anyway so those are real easy to handle uh, drugs alcohol knives possessions of weapons those kind of things you, you that's that's easy you're going to push those kids off the DAEP that's just that's the way it's written in the code of conduct and those are simple to handle but you know smaller issues you know like petty theft or you know, it, it may be a, a, you know, bullying issue or things like that. Those are the ones that you want to get inside, collect some documentation and sort of so build support uh, and try to figure out uh, what the root of the problem is so that you can nip it in the bud before it becomes something bigger. So that's about it when it comes to student discipline. I would really encourage you to read and understand the student code of conduct uh, for your school district so that you know what's within your scope uh, that you can and cannot do when it comes to student discipline because that's going to be the basis of the work that you do as an assistant principal. Good luck!